Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. It's The Golf Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. And Ollie Dean. I really am rugged with him. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at 7. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up. I'm going to be needing a caddy. What am I going to do? Why don't you try him a little left? And why don't you try backing up? Give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the ball, right? Moving my head. I'm laying it off. Well, that too. I'm pronating. When you're not suiting me, I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing fell my unfolding lawn chair. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Help me keep my head down. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. Save me from those double bogey blues. Happy Sunday morning to you. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. We are live from Fairway Social. Good to be back at the Fairway Social. Yes. A that, lot of changes since the last time we were here, Brian. That's Ollie Dean. I'm Brian Katrick. There are more things in here to uh, to compete on than there were the last time we were here. It's been about a month. I apologize. I've been here, there, and everywhere, and uh, but not here. So I've been there and everywhere. <laughs> and, yeah, they've got the shuffleboard thing going. they got the, the super Mac Daddy foosball table working. Uh, that's just in the room where we're at. Yeah, I like to call them more distractions. More distractions. Yeah, I like, uh, I like that. So... So lots of stuff. I don't know that uh, we're actually going to get Neil Freeman over here this morning. I, I think we will. I'm not positive. He knows it's a major championship week. This is a uh, it's a big week. We're going to get you all the scores from the Barbasol Championship, which I know you're you're clamoring for coming up. I was hoping Aaron Badley was going to you know get his second win there, but I don't think he's on top of the leaderboard. Uh, I don't think he is either. <laughs> the leaders over at Royal St. George's go in about 30 minutes. Louis Oosthuizen by one over Colin Morikawa. That's your last pairing on the championship Sunday. Jordan Spieth and Corey Connors will be right in front of them. 
Scotty Scheffler and Mackenzie. No, it's not Mackenzie Hughes. It's Scotty Scheffler. Why? Why are they doing this? Scotty Scheffler and John Rom at seven under. But that group, those two are five back. Or Rom's five back. Scheffler's four yeah, back. Usually comfortable in the last day of a major. If you're within four of the lead, you think those players have a really good shot. But but today the scoring's low already. Um, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Schauffele, um, I think they've both finished at five under. Um, so it, apparently there's some some opportunities to shoot some good scores today. So maybe maybe five, six back has a chance today. It may be. And so the, the last time somebody won from more than four back was when Phil won. He was five back. And you're right. I think this has the makings of, of that. Uh, why is this happening, and why are there this many people over are under par? Why is 12 under leading? Why did the cut come at one over? Right now we've got 53 players at par or better. No wind. In a major. Yes, no, no wind. wind. And the sun's been shining, and it, it hasn't actually been raining seven times a day. They haven't gotten the awful weather that they generally get, and that's what controls the scoring, and they didn't get it. So this is what you're going to get, and you know what? That's just fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, I think one of the the most storied um, British Opens in history was the Duel in the Sun, and they had great weather all week and went down in history as one of the, the most compelling stories ever to come from Britain, So, um, as far as golf's concerned. So I, I'm fine. I'm oh, fine with 12 under scores right now. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting day. I think you're going to have to go low. Um, typically, on a championship Sunday of a major, if you shoot around par and you've got the lead, you're probably going to be near the lead at the end. I don't think that'll be the case today. Yeah, so you got to wonder, all right, what's going to win? 12 is winning right now. Does 12 win? No, I don't think so. I think you've got to be better than 12. I think it's 13 or 14 wins today. All right, so if you're 14, if, if you're going to pick 14 as the winning score, and this is, this is kind of how you unpack a Sunday on Sunday morning, then who can get there? Well, Louis Oosthuizen can get there. He's already at 12. Colin Morikawa can get there. Yep, no He's problem. He's at 11. Yep. Jordan Spieth can get there. He's at 10. Yep. No, wait a no, no. He's at 9 because he missed that one-foot putt on 18. Oh, I, did, I missed that. He missed a one-footer? A one-footer on 18. He almost missed it on um, on Friday's round. Um, he kind of gave one of those. It snuck in the side doors by the two-footer. Yeah. And he gave one of those shrugs, you know, looked at Michael Geller like, ooh, escaped with that one. Flat out missed the hole from two feet on 18 yesterday. Uh, so he's at nine, not at ten. I saw he had some sort of a train wreck somewhere because he had gotten to eleven or even twelve at one point. Yeah, the course played tough. That par three, I think it's a fifteenth, two hundred and forty yards. I mean, that was eating everybody's lunch. So the the RNA made it as tough as they could make it yesterday with no wind. This was their announcement. Yeah. So, but the only thing they could do is just on, it's I'm distance. The I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Ollie, hold on. Yeah. My bad. We've made it as tough as we can. There's no wind blowing. The sun is shining. No one has gotten food poisoning. Quite frankly, we've tried all of our defenses. So today, we're going to play the golf course as long as it possibly can play. And take 18 of the toughest hole locations and use all of them. We don't care about Sunday. We don't care about the safety of the spectators. We're going to install snakes in all of the rough areas and limit all the competitors to six clubs. Three points, Gryffindor. That concluded their statement. 
Well, uh, that is a great Margaret Thatcher impersonation, by the way. That's outstanding. Thank you. I don't know why Gryffindor got three points at the end of it or why they felt compelled to include that, but they did. So snakes. I, I made that part up. Yeah, they snakes. did tip it out, Slytherin. and they found the atheist Slytherin. <laughs> see, I didn't see the connection there. Well, well done, Derek. Thank you, Derek. You've obviously been working on this show a lot longer than I have to follow that uh, that train of thought. Um, yeah, so they made it as hard as they could. The only thing they had to do was, was distance and try and find some hole locations between some knolls. Which means they're out of holes today. That's yeah. what that, That's the whole point of telling you that story with the accent and the song. They used all the hard hole locations yesterday. They're out of them. They're so, not using them again. So they need some wind this afternoon. They need, And they ain't going to get it. So there's no forecast for wind this afternoon? Not Well, I mean, here's the thing. Right now, the forecast is, is not for wind. Mm. The forecast has been wrong every day. So maybe they'll actually be wrong today and be, there will be wind. So does that, can I ask a question? Does Please, that Derek. open it up for, say, John Rahm? Can John Rahm shoot a 63 today? Yes, that's what, and that's to, to Ollie's point, it's a great question, Derek. That number, if you say 14-under's got to win, is it going to take 14-under to win, Rom is going to have to shoot 7-under to get to 14-under, and he can do it because they can't toughen this golf course up any more than they did yesterday, and they can't put the holes in the same places. And Brooksy just got to 4-under on the day, 7-under on the tournament. Look at that, Brooksy. So Bryce, Bryson put up a, a number earlier. The obviously the course is gettable today, so I think this this has expanded our leaderboard, if you will. Yeah, the yeah, Brooks. but it didn't expand it long enough for Bryson to get involved. Uh, oh yeah, five, no, not quite. But, but five under was a good score. He showed Shoffley us that a number is, is out there. Shoffley scored five under. We talked about that during the open. So there is some scoring out there. If the wind doesn't pick up, then I think you know. Yeah, you, you got to move forward today. That's the point. You got to move forward. You can't hold par you can't hold serve uh louis gonna have to make birdies to hold on to the lead by the end of the day uh kevin kisner shot two under par in two and a half hours all by himself as a single bryson just got done putting uh putting five under par up on the board so bryson's in we've already seen five under posted now 65 yeah. rom's gonna need 63 to get to 14 under but he can get there uh, 62 is the lowest round ever shot in a major we might see that today could see that today uh, so, so going to be an exciting Sunday at the British Open. It's been an exciting week already. Uh, Derek Thomas, uh, first of all, your impressions before we before we go backwards in time. That's our assessment of what to look for. This is going to be a shootout. It's not going to be uh, the British Open we saw two years ago where it was raining sideways and everybody was backing up and, and Shane Lowry could make a bunch of pars and win. That's That's not going to happen today. Derek, what have you thought of the week? Uh, yeah, that's been my biggest impression is it doesn't look like a British Open, or excuse me, an Open, the Open. Um, no, the, you had it right the first yeah, time. Yeah, sorry, the British Open. Did you it's, hear Dustin never... Johnson talking about it the earlier? And they said, well, we don't call it the U.S. Masters. And he just said, well, you could. And I, uh, No, I he pretty... didn't actually say that. Oh, they not? said, uh, no, because you can't. Uh, they said they do call it the U.S. PGA, and Dustin said, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> So it doesn't matter. But anyways, asked, yeah. Does it bother you when your friends call it the British Open? He says, no. No. It doesn't bother anybody it, over here. I know. It, it doesn't bother anybody anywhere in the world. I did a show with Greg Norman, who won the British Open in 1993. Just ask him. And he calls it the British Open? Okay. Well, that's good yes. Enough. That's good or enough Or 1992, me. whatever. But anyway, yeah. The, it was. the sky, it's, it looks pretty, you know. It's, it, there's not a lot of rain and no, no fog and wind. Guys, 
you know, having their umbrellas turned inside out and stuff like that. That's what I think about when I think of the British Open. Uh, and I don't usually think of scores uh, in the mid to low 60s. Uh, so it's been fun to watch. It's been a great leaderboard. Um, we've had, you know, good names that we want up there. Louis, Colin, Jordan. Um, so, you know, major, major champions in the past. And it's just been a lot of fun to watch. And the courses just look so, looks like so much fun. I, I desperately want to go over there and play golf. But anyways, everybody that's hates the point. Everybody hates the course. <laughs> but I think it's awesome. Uh, and I want yeah. to go into the, the White Cliffs of Dover. It just looks awesome. You would enjoy the fescue portion of the course, Derek. The whole course is fescue. But the fact that that grass is what they have, uh, you can really that, – that grass allows you to play the ball down. And the ball, it, there's no grab in that grass. You know, we have some grab. We have some stickiness in our Bermudas over here and our, even our bent grasses up north. Uh, there's no grab in the fescue. It's like, a, it's like playing golf in a bowling alley. So you're, you're basically just watching the ball on a trajectory and how hard you hit it, and that's how far it's going to go. You don't have to worry about it taking a check and grabbing or it not. So it's very refreshing in that way, and it's a whole lot of fun. And I think very much more playable because of that. Yeah, I've played a few fescue courses, and they are fun. The ball runs forever, um, and it's interesting. I think Derek made an interesting point um, that I'd elaborate on from it doesn't look like a typical rain-blowing sideways umbrellas. The last time the British Open was on this course, I remember Darren Clark won it in a torrential downpour. Yep. Dustin Johnson blew it uh, you know, right on the par 5 and he went out of bounds. lost the ball, yeah. right. So, um, so definitely a stark contrast to Derek's point from the last time the Open was held at this venue. Uh, and Martin Slumbers, by the way, answered a bunch of questions about what to call the tournament. And uh, they said, the guy said, is it the British Open or is it the Open Championship? And Martin was like, it's the Open. It was actually neither one. So I love all the, uh, all the do-gooders. They're like, that's the Open Championship. No, no, it's actually not. It's just the Open. So they, they want to frame it as if it's the world open. You know, it's, it's the open for everybody. It's the open for the whole world, which I'd, I'd go with. That's fine. The RNA does govern the game for the rest of the world, except for the United States and Mexico. So there's a great concept. There's a great starter. Let me guess where you're going to go. Yes. That if that's the case, move the venues. How about we move it every once in a while? Yeah, I knew that was coming. This is the 149th version of it. You know how many times they've played it outside the United Kingdom? Um, the only times was when it was in Ireland. That's part of the United Kingdom. No, it's not. The, the United Kingdom of Great Northern Britain and Northern Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, but Ireland is not part of Great Britain and well, they Northern have never Ireland. Pl- they've never played it in Ireland. Yeah, they pl- oh, Royal Portrush is in Northern Ireland. They've right. played it in yeah. Northern Ireland twice. They've only been off the island twice. All right, can, we have a lot to unpack today. Can we just call it the British Open and so be done with it? here's your rotation. At this point, I would agree to call it the Open. We're not going to here's Rio. Here's your rotation. Okay, it's not happening. Rio's great. I didn't even think about that. Here's your rotation. Every five years, St. Andrews. Okay. Once every five years. The old course at St. Andrews. Uh, once every five years, any of these other godforsaken golf courses on this crappy island that keep playing it on. All right, so that's two out of five years you're there. Okay. The other three, Spain. Ooh, Valderrama. Valderrama. Let's go to Italy. I didn't even think about Rio. Let's go to Rio. I want to say New Zealand. New Zealand's fine. Maybe wintertime in New Zealand. Let's go anywhere Royal else. Melbourne. How would how great would Again, that I be? think we're in the middle of winter there. Uh, other than true, that, yeah. it's still, yeah, look, it still can't true. be worse than we've had some, you know, we've had some Scotland's. I guess we do Let's, need to keep it in the northern hemisphere, I guess. It may if we be. want to do it during the summer. But. Uh, look, I don't know. It snowed on Tiger at Birkdale. There you go. 
So, I mean, how bad could it be at Royal Melbourne? <laughs> I love that course. <laughs> so that's my proposal. Every five years at St. Andrews, every five years somewhere else in England or Scotland or wherever you want to put it, and then the other three years, let's go somewhere. Then you'd be the world's open, and you can call it anything you want. It's it got to be really nice in Italy right now. It is a little pretentious to even drop the the championship, and now it's just, no, we're just the open. Well, that's Sir like Nick. us having the World Series between New York and Chicago in baseball. So. We've got Canadian teams. Yeah, okay, there, yeah, we yeah, used to. Uh, well, well, we well, now we got one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got one. Sir Nick Faldo even said about the, how pretentious it is. He's like, yeah, pretty soon they're just going to start calling it the. Try to pull to Ohio Faldo. State and see if they can trademark the word. Uh, they'll let them sort it out. Easy. Uh, big week. It starts off. It, it, unfortunately, here's we, we did we did shows after the first couple of rounds and. And the call, the callers on PGA Tour Radio were not about the action. Everybody's excited. It's a major championship. Let me guess what they were about. Take a guess. Brooksy and Bryson? Brooksy and Bryson. Bryson goes out the first day, shoots what? One over par? Something like that? Wasn't very good. One or two over. Yeah, wasn't wasn't what he wanted. After the round, this is what Bryson DeChambeau had to say about his driver. If I can hit it down the middle of the fairway, that's great. But, again, with the driver right now, the driver sucks. It's... Uh... Not a good face for me, and we're still trying to figure out how to make it uh, good on the miss hits. And, uh, you know, I'm living on the razor's edge like I've told people for a long time. And, you know, when I did get it outside of the fairway, uh, like in the first cut and whatnot, I catch jumpers uh, out of there, and I couldn't control my wedges. So it's quite finicky for me because it's uh, a golf course that's, that's pretty short. So that was after a one over 71. He said the driver sucks. The driver right now, the driver sucks. Yeah, probably not the best thing to say. No, and you heard him. That, that, I'm glad Derek replayed that. You heard him say right now, but he didn't driver say right now, my driver suck. He didn't say my driver. Didn't say why I'm driving the ball. I mean, it, that very clearly made it sound like he was talking about the physical piece of equipment. Yeah, and you have to cut Bryson off at some point. Otherwise, if he had his entire quote, it would take this entire show. <laughs> right. So you and I could sign off at the end, and it would be over. See ya. But. He specifically mentioned that the clubs were not manufactured in the way that he felt was best Right at the end of this quote. The, simply, and not only threw Cobra under the bus, but everybody that's making clubs, you don't know how to make them, you're not doing it right, you so got to fix it. He's just going to take over the whole process and just start making his own clubs at some point, I guess? So that's the problem. What happened here is that two weeks ago, his caddy quits on him on Wednesday night. The guy he calls who had driven two hours away was the Cobra rep, Ben Showman. This is the guy that had helped Bryson fit these clubs and had been working with him. Bryson's just as demanding with his shaft manufacturer, but this is, you know, Ben brings 17 heads out there and old ones, new ones, and prototypes, and, uh, and, and Ben's the one that has to keep up with it all, and Bryson is giving him little tips. Ben said, he told uh, Dave Dusick that they had made seven prototype heads for Bryson this year. That's more than Nike used to make Tiger. That's probably more than Nike made Tiger in t- Tiger's entire time with, with Nike. I take it a step farther. I believe it is probably more prototype heads that they made in a year for their entire staff than what Bryson is getting made for himself. No question. And the problem is it's taking them like two weeks to build a head, to get a prototype head manufactured to the point where you can actually hit it. And not to, not to mention how much money it costs. And Bryson's making changes every two days. 
So, yes, put the order in, Ben. Give me 10 of these heads this way. And then two days later, as those things are getting manufactured, you know what? No, let's tweak this. He's a nightmare to deal with from that standpoint. Now, I'm sure at some point he was given the, the latitude. Hey, look, make the suggestions. Tell us. If they, if they can't make the heads, they'd have told him they can't make the heads. They told him he can make, they can make the heads, so he's, you know, without, without any regard to how hard it is, he's, he's demanding these things. Well, Ben Showman heard that cut. Okay, before you, you talk about it, and it's important, Ben's response. Um, to put it in perspective, you know, but most of our listeners do not know, that I've worked in sports marketing pretty much my yes. entire career. So my responsibility started out selling sponsorships in motorsports, bringing new companies into you know the genre, um, and then it evolved into you know working on the corporate side and managing the sponsorship portfolio of a very large organization, deciding where sponsorship dollars should go, and, and cultivating and developing a relationship with these partners that were created. Um, and, and we considered them partners. You know, you protected each other. There was a situation where, you know, Buell Motorcycles, a division of Harley-Davidson, put out a press release that was not right. It was ill-advised. It was not right. It didn't pass through me, and yet our series was involved in it. And it created, you know, quite the, the flak storm, so to speak. Um, well said. And uh, and I stood up on it and you know and took the bullet for our partner because I knew they didn't do it week. on purpose. Um, exactly, <laughs> and you know you kind of dealt with it, and the media kind of roasted us, but we protected our partner. Um, so normally I would expect you know Cobra's response to be one of protecting you know their partner, but apparently enough was enough and you can talk about ben's response well cobra has not put out a response and that's part of the bad reporting on this we all met ben showman two weeks ago because he got called off the bench and he came to bryson's rescue and he is cobra's tour rep so you feel like that's that's the guy but he didn't he didn't cobra didn't put out a statement but everybody that got ben showman's number two weeks ago in detroit called him and ben showman answered the phone you suck And that's basically what he said. (laughs) That's paraphrasing, but it wasn't far off. He called Bryson. He said sometimes he talks like an eight-year-old. He called him a baby. He called the comments stupid. Uh, He went off. This guy sucks. Cobra never said a word. Because by the time they were going to get, remember, we get the time zone difference. This is happening, and it's, it's middle of the day over here, but it's late night over there. Bryson did come out and apologize on Thursday night before before you could get to it on Friday morning. And Cobra, to this point, still hasn't said anything. Well, I would argue that when a representative of an organization makes a comment and the organization doesn't dispute that comment, that it's a statement. Well, because we were worried about Ben. Like, Ben comes out strongly wording things against Bryson, and, and, and John and I are thinking, Ben's going to get himself fired because that wasn't – it's not for him to say – and the company didn't say that. Well, yeah, but I think the one waiting. thing that he did go and clarify was probably Cobra saying, okay, let's make sure we're clear on this. And he did come out and say, when I mentioned that Bryson's never happy, specifically it's about his driver, nothing else. Um, I think, so I think that him. was. You think they're going to drop Bryson? Yeah. Um, well, Bryson did the right thing. The Shut only thing that he could do was to go out and apologize, regret the comments. I hope I learned from these. Um, you know, he didn't face the entire media as a whole, but he did, you know, have a select few people to go cover that apology. So, well, yeah, so he's trying to cover himself. I don't know if they'll drop him at this point, but I guarantee he's on double secret probation. 
Ain't no more prototypes coming your way, Bryson. No, you better you better like what you got in the back. Dear Trouble Bryson. Great. Love my driver. That was Brooks's uh, response. <laughs> yeah. Derek, what are you, Derek's running his own show. He is. Right? <laughs> well, like you know, that. we're not there. <laughs> just, just completely lost just control. To contrast the idea. Some people like their drivers. Dear Bryson. I, I think the, the great line of some people like their drivers is the fact that I think uh, Brooks hit four fairways that day. So I don't think he was in love with his driver. It was just another dig at Bryson. He's not. Even, he's a, an equipment-free agent. He's playing a tailor-made driver, and they're not paying him for it. So he didn't even tell you what kind of driver it was, and he tre- yet he treated that company better than Bryson treated his. It was a slip of the tongue from Bryson. He felt emboldened to say that. You and I both know from a racing standpoint, you hear this all the time on the radios, the NASCAR guys, they'll tell you the car sucks. What's going on? The car won't turn. The car sucks. Well, they don't mean that the Toyota Camry sucks. They mean that this car in between pit stops because of the set of tires or the fact that I just ran into the wall, for whatever reason, the car's not currently turning and we need to make an adjustment. And after the next pit stop, the car's not going to suck anymore. But that's, that's a guy. It's an internal communication. I think Bryson thought he was making an internal communication into a microphone at the end of a major championship round. I don't know what his problem was. Right, I think so. he thought they were with him, and he didn't realize what he was saying. And so he didn't realize the big backdrop of the Open Championship behind him, just, that he was in some sort of just press situation. You, did, you didn't think that? It's just the Open. So well, I think what's interesting is other players have now gotten involved. So we've realized there's been this Bryson-Brooksy feud. Yes. We were all waiting for Brooks's tongue-in-cheek, I love my driver response, or he was going to have driver appreciation day. Yes. On his, oh, his, I was hoping so. Something was going to go on with that. But Justin Thomas came out and responded to somebody else talking about this story on Twitter. And his quote is, never would have thought swinging at 135 miles per hour plus, it'd be hard to hit it straight. I was about to say that. Like, <laughs> Hold on. At some, Let me sorry, finish go ahead. it. Go ahead. You'd think Mr. Physics would know that. <laughs> Great line from JT. Yeah, maybe at some point, maybe it's the swing and your approach to the way you drive the ball. Maybe it's not all these different drivers and none of them seem to work well. Well, if we've learned anything, Derek, from Bryson DeChambeau, it is... It's he's he's kind of got it all figured out, and the rest of the world is just trying to catch up to him. And in some ways, that has been great for him. His conviction of how he swings the golf club, his conviction of how he attacks golf courses. He's got a U.S. Open championship. I don't. A lot of professional golfers don't. So this attitude of I know what to do and nobody else in the world does has served him well. But it's also starting to bite him in the behind a little bit, too. So I think he needs a reset button as much as anybody that I've ever seen. You know, Derek, you and I touched on, you know, him blowing off, you know, the media after the Rocket Mortgage event where, you know, he and his caddy parted ways. And, you know, he's that's another partner right there that you you, kind of feel like he's he's given short change to. And then to go out with a Cobra thing. He's he's got to reset and realize that you know it's okay to be your own man. It's okay to say what's on your mind. It's okay to defy you know convention at every turn. But at some point, you got to treat people a little better than or partners, especially than what he's been treated. If he just said this about his Bridgestone golf ball, I'd kicked him in the shin. I love the Bridgestone golf ball. Derek, play Brooks's response again, real quick. Here's what Brooks had to say: Drove the ball great. Love my driver. <laughs> and yeah, he had a little classic. smirk when he said it, too. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're live from Fairway Social. The final group from Royal St. George's goes in 10 minutes. Louis Oosthuizen with a one-shot lead over Colin Morikawa. It's the Golf Show on the Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? 
build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. And now it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. Well, the Jutanagarn sisters are driving home because the LPGA event ended yesterday. The Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational up at the Midland Country Club in Midland, Michigan. A team event, and the Jutanagarns got together, and they won. Shooting 59. 59. Pretty good stuff. Aria and her big little sister, Moria. Mo. Mo. Just call her Mo? I call her Mo. All right. Aria is the younger one. But uh, she's the the long driver. Um, But that's not why we told you that story. We told you that story so we could tell you this story. Win one for Gracie. So Aria's regular caddy, as most of the listeners on the show know, friend of the show, Pete Godfrey. Um, He and his wife, Jane Park, have been uh, struggling um, with their daughter being hospitalized in Texas. And uh, saw a quote from a Golf Digest article where Pete had been in touch with uh, Aria and said, uh, you know, you can do this, go do it, and uh, win one for Gracie. And uh, her quote was, we did. Yeah. So that's who's driving, brought to you by Ray Judice and... Keep the uh, keep Jane and Pete in your thoughts and prayers. Absolutely. Uh, little Gracie had been having seizures, and they uh, apparently were in one of the best hospitals in the world for that. They just happened to be in Dallas. Jane was going to be playing in the, the event in Dallas. That was a couple weeks ago. And uh, Little Grace isn't even won yet. And uh, they haven't left the hospital yet. And it's obviously terrifying. Uh, Jane through Tiffany Joe has been posting some updates. She had a blog going. She's not. She's not updated that. I, uh, you and I have both communicated with Pete. I chatted with Pete, who is very upbeat. Um, but they don't know what's wrong with Grace. They don't know if she's going to be able to recover from it. They're they're obviously terrified. So we're we're thinking of them, and we wish them all the best. And uh, Tiffany set up a GoFundMe page, and uh, they've had a lot of support. So. Uh, right now, I think they just want to get their daughter back. I imagine that is the highest priority, no doubt. Yeah. Well, our thoughts and prayers are with them. Uh, a nice feel-good story that they were able to win one for Gracie, and hopefully uh, you know, they can figure out what's going on and get Gracie home as soon as possible. Yeah. Happy, healthy life. J.T. Poston leads by one at the full field, the other tour event, the Barbasol Championship. They're up in Kentucky. Where's Aaron Battle at? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, remember there was a guy that had Badley... Stenson, and one other winner. There was a guy that picked all three winners that week. I do remember that story. And made 
you know, he, he got he got thousands to one on his odds. He picked a he picked all three winners. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's good prognostication. Uh, Corn Ferry Tour is playing in uh, one of the Springfields. I, I want to say it's Indiana. I'm not positive. Uh, there, the field scoring average yesterday was 66.9. That's the lowest single one-day scoring average in the history of that tour, and I can't imagine the PGA Tour's single-day scoring record is, is anywhere near that. So that's got to be the lowest single-day scoring record of any major professional tour ever. 66.9. Now, this is post-cut, so you had 70-some-odd players. Was it a par 67? No. No. <laughs> 66.9 for the field for 70 players so you shoot 68 and you're giving shots back to, back and not up. to a few to the field 67 well you're only giving 0.1 back but so you're still you're giving that attack you're backing up that's yeah, that's, that's incredible golf yeah, that's there, well. There's so much talent on the Corn Ferry Tour now. It's just amazing. There's so much talent coming up to the junior ranks. The swings are so much better than they were 20 years ago. The younger the kids are, um, it's amazing that more people coming off the Corn Ferry Tour don't have more immediate success on the PGA Tour, though, um, because the scores they shoot out there are unbelievable. I mean, even I think it was last week we were talking about the longest course. Ever played by a PGA Tour. Right. That was, they were event. playing that in Colorado. And I think they were still like 16 under going into Sunday. That sounds about right. 15-ish, 14, 15, 16 under. And, uh, it's an 8,000-yard course. Yeah. And, uh, and Tag Ridings won at 46 years old. Hmm. In a playoff. It was awesome. He had his wife caddying for him, and I don't think she's ever done that before. And, uh, and they asked him, say, Tag, how are you able to keep up with the kids? You know, the kids that bomb it out there. He goes... Because I bomb it too. Good for him. <laughs> what a great answer. Good for him. Tag writings was always long, uh, but he hasn't he hasn't lost anything. Uh, so those are your uh, those are your other scores. The uh, final round of the British, that final group just hit their opening tee shots. We actually don't have a we don't we can't see it no, right can't now. See it. We are live from Fairway Social. This place is going to be jumping. If you want to come watch the final round and hit shots just like they do, you can do it. They're going to open up here, I believe, at 11 a.m., so about an hour after we get finished. Those guys, won't, they'll, they'll be on the fifth hole by then. But yeah, out, great place to out watch there the at back Fair, nine. Sorry, out there at Fairway Social, you don't have to play. You don't, you can't play, you don't have to play this stupid Royal St. George's course, right? You play other courses. <laughs> it's Derek, easy. it's funny easy. you mention that. Stupid. Well, that, nobody that, likes that, it. I was paraphrasing Brian, apparently. Yeah. Nobody likes it. There wasn't one person that came through the media center that had that that liked the golf course. They all had that measured. They, they, here, here's what they don't like about it: there are no level spots in any of the fairways. Isn't that the point? Uh, not necessarily the point. I mean, that's the point if you just want to make an artificially hard golf course. Yeah, and by the way, that doesn't take any creativity. Well, has, now, it they been, didn't, has it been changed over the last 200 years? No, they didn't do this with a uh, with a bulldozer. So are these guys a little spoiled? Yeah, they're a little spoiled, but they're also they're, they're measuring their skills against each other. And if, if I can land it one foot left of where you landed it and yours is fine and mine's in the hay, then I feel like we're playing too much for too much money and I've worked too hard for that to be the difference. Uh, and that happens all the time, and that's just the way they feel about it. You you can say they shouldn't feel that way about it, but that's what it's like. Be playing playing the NBA Finals. I believe uh, I believe Game Five is uh, October third. I don't know where we're at in the NBA Finals, but it'd be like playing and the basketball's not round. 
you know, that's that's great and all. Fun for the spectators. Not as cool for the players. There's a little too much at stake to have the ball have a lump in it. <laughs> and every once in a while it just bounces sideways. Well, then, yeah. then I could have a real, like, theoretical uh, discussion about golf. Which one is more golf? The, these These... I don't want to say cookie cutter, some PGA Tour events, the way we play over here where, yeah, the, the, the green's nice and flat right around the ball and all the, you know, the fairways are so well manicured. Is, is this not more of an example of golf than what we maybe play in America on the PGA Tour? No. Okay. Not even a little bit. And they hate Americans. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely disagree with you okay um i think both types of courses have a place i've never been fortunate to go to to great britain and play the courses over there but i have played bandon dunes um which is as close to lynx golf as the british will allow us to have in america as many people as you just offended with that they're all okay because you're on their side right now um Fair enough. Um, but I loved it. And, and there were vagaries. You, you hit shots, you know, and you thought that they were going to end up one place. They ended up another. And I think when you listen to any multiple British Open champion talk about you have to embrace the vagaries of Lynx golf if you're going to be successful. And I think that's why Jordan Spieth plays well over there is he's on record as saying, you know, I just play one shot at a time. I'm going to take what's in front of me and I'm going to try and make the best shot that I can. I have to be really creative. And I think it's the, the players that that embrace the creativity that's required that are going to finish on top of leaderboards more often than not. But here's a guarantee. You can say that nobody likes this golf course. At the end of today, one person's going to love this golf course. Well, I don't know about that. So the all the courses in this rotation have flatter fairways than this. Uh, they're all, they're all, they all have humps and bumps. You think about 1 and 18 at the old course at St. Andrews. They didn't make that with a bulldozer either, but it's flat. The water had come in, it had come up, and it you know top-dressed it over, over hundreds and thousands of years, and there are flat spots. And that's, what they, that's how they routed the golf course, was from flat spot to flat spot. And they did sort of flatten out the greens. Now, there's still humps and hills, but Royal St. George's is the most random. It's the least flat. It's the least fair. And there's enough variables already. That's why these guys don't like it. I guarantee you, at the end of today... One person is going to love this golf course. I guarantee you, Darren Clark, if you ask him what his favorite golf course is, it's probably going to be this golf as course because he's fact, a major champion. As a matter of fact, they asked Darren Clark what his favorite golf course was in the rotation. Now you are only now you only got uh, like 10 to choose 10 to from. Choose from. You're going to prove me wrong on this point? He said it. No, he said it was, it was first was Royal Portrush, where he's never won. Second was St. Andrews, where he's never won. So it made the top three. Uh, we're not even sure if this was third. <laughs> Carnoustie was third, I'm sure. Top three. <laughs> I don't know that he got to what was third, but it wasn't first or second, like, and I he's won here. If I won a major championship and it was on a muni course up in Athens called Green Hills, I would love that golf course. I, I already love it. However, I talked to the, the 92 champion, 93, whatever year Greg Norman won it. He hated it. He did win at Royal St. George's, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> I'm not making this up. No. <laughs> All right. Let's is, take a break. Is, is the, can we talk about the wacky layout when we come back? Yeah. It's, well, no hole runs in the same direction. No two holes in a row run the same direction. It's just it's very hilly, very dunes. Lots of dunes. Lots of mounds. Well, Donald Trump wants it to come back to Turnberry. He's been tweeting about that. So Has maybe, he been tweeting about it? I thought he was banned from Twitter. Yeah, maybe well, some form of social media. Somebody, he's, he's, he, yes. Well, they're uh, they're not as interested in that. 
Yeah, I don't think right so. Now. I don't think so. But you know what? They have female members, and uh, Royal St. George's didn't have that three years ago. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, we're going to turn a blind eye to it and pretend that we love Lynx golf because that's what we do one week a year. Uh, I a love lot of Lynx us. golf. I don't. You didn't enjoy Bandit Dunes? Well, Bandit Dunes was great. You, you know go. what else was great? Myrtle Beach. Ooh, Myrtle Beach is fun. It's really good. They got miniature golf. They got neon. They've got so Derek Arby's. Speaking of Myrtle Beach, yes. he's putting together a guy's golf trip. Yes, and I'm telling him all of our friends. We used to call it Dog Days of Summer because most of us were Georgia grads, and uh, we'd go to Myrtle Beach. Highly recommend that for a guy's golf trip. So there. Derek, if you're listening, write that down. All right, I wasn't well, listening, but yeah, okay, thank you. We'll take a break. The final group has gotten started. They may even have finished a hole by the time we come back. Final round of the British Open is underway. We are live from Fairway Social. Ollie Dean, Derek Thomas, Brian Katrick. It's the Golf Show on the Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Before you hit the links, start your morning with the Golf Show. Now back to Brian Katrick and Ollie Dean on Atlanta's Golf Station, The Fan. All right, we've got a uh, leaderboard update as everybody has played at least one hole at Royal St. George's. Derek Thomas, what uh, what have you seen? Oh, well, just uh, nice... Solid starts for our leaders, Louis and Colin, both parring number one, as well as Jordan Spieth. So uh, Louis is at 12 under. Colin Morikawa is still at 11. Uh, Jordan Spieth, as we talked about, blew it on 18 yesterday. He should be right there at 10, I think. But he is at 9 under. And then out of nowhere, Brooks Kepka is now in fourth place all by himself, uh, as he is 5 under on his round today. Out of nowhere. All he does is compete in major championships and compete well. Let me ask you this. So you've played a lot of tournament golf, um, and this is going to sound kind of a ridiculous comment to make because it's obviously important because he's three shots back. But I think Jordan Spieth, it is absolutely imperative after the way he finished on 18 yesterday that he get off to a quick start today and put that behind him. That had to be a tough night's sleep knowing that these major championships come down to one shot and that you miss a two-and-a-half-footer. Mm. I think he has got to get off to a good start today to stay in contention. Hey, speaking of getting off to a good start for guys that we hoped would be in contention, uh, John Rom bogeyed number two, and he's at six under, and it almost just feels like that's just about it because he had to have a near-flawless day pretty much. Yeah, it's too far. We already told you, four, he's got to get to 14, you know, maybe 13. Somehow, if 13 under can win. And right now, you're looking at Brooks Kepka. Can he even get to 13? Uh, he just made a par. Uh, so, Brooks Kepka's got four holes left. That would, he'd have to at, shoot a 60. He's at eight under. Yeah. Well, he was going to, no, it was going to be 63. It's a par 70. Uh, but he would have to be, he's already five under today, isn't he? 
Yeah. Oh, so, so that would be a sixty. Yeah. Which I would be fine watching. <laughs> that would be that would, that would be, be something. Fun watching that. Yeah, Absolutely. that'd be great. So I don't think I just think he's going to run out of holes. I don't think he can get there. And then if you don't get to a, a number that can rattle the other the other two guys, and I'm not I'm not even putting Jordan Spieth in the, in the group right now because Spieth's two back. This is a two man show right now. Ustase and Morikawa. Now it's not match play. It's way too early in the round. But Ustase and Morikawa have separated themselves from this field by two shots. If they just play average golf, that's going to be settled there. They're not going to be rattled by anything Brooks is doing. And Spieth can't even rattle them. No. Nobody outside of that group is really on their radar screen yet. Could change. Yeah. But yeah, right now, you're looking at the guy next to you. You're, a, you're an ambitious decision out of a pot bunker away from bringing the whole field back into this. But Louis, usually a pretty straight driver. Colin Morikawa, uh Pretty reliable driver also. None of these guys in the top in driving distance except for Kepka. Uh, that's refreshing. And we, we were talking about Bryson earlier. Uh, now, the problem is you can't duplicate these conditions at every golf course in the world because nobody would finish. But why couldn't Bryson bomb and gouge here? Well, because you're gouging out a waist-high stuff, and you just can't do it. Bryson was about, all about angles. He didn't care what cut the grass was that he was in. He wanted to be 40 yards from the green. And over on the right, if the flag's on the left, or vice versa. That's what he wanted. That's what he did at winged foot. As long as there's not a tree in the way, he was going to figure it out from there. Well, the problem is that rough was easier to play out of than this rough, and it doesn't work here. So, in essence, they have neutralized driving distance here for the week. And that's really cool because you never see it. The problem is they can't do it this way. If, if all of our golf courses looked like this, we would never finish. No, it would take forever. So. You'd have to amend that five-minute looking for the ball rule, too. It's three already. Yeah, you'd have to amend it They've again. already amended it. Yeah, you'd have, to, you'd have to go the other way. The members play the waist-high stuff as, uh, as lateral penalty area at Royal St. George's. This is the only week of the year that it's not considered red. Really? And that's and it's not even every week or every year. It's the only week of the once every few times they come here. Our buddy Jeremy Friedman worked for the Golf Channel. Jeremy Friedman. So he went on the trip to uh, Aaron Hills. He would have loved that rule. I think he lost a dozen golf balls yeah. in the fescue at Aaron Hills. Yeah, I mean, and you think you can go in and find them, and you can. And there's every once in a while, if you find it, you might even be able to hit it. But it's not, uh, it's not worth it. It's going to be an interesting final group. I think both Colin and Louie were tested yesterday. Made a couple of bogeys. I think Morikawa started two over to start the round, and then um, I think went four under after that. You know, Louie started losing the ball right a little bit um, around 13, 14, and 15. And then he righted the ship with a birdie and, you know, got to the house with a lead. So they've already been kind of tested and responded positively. I don't see them backing up today, to your point. They, they both drive the ball well. Colin Morikow is one of the best iron players on tour, and Louie's no slouch. Um, it's going to come down to putting in that group, I think. Yeah, and they have each other. I think that's very important for both of them is that, Colin can look at Louie and say, this guy's not going to hand it to me. And Louie can look at Colin and say, this guy's not going to hand it to me. So they're not worried about getting caught from behind. they got a good race going on between the two of them. If they both fend the other one off, then uh, then it ought to be enough. Let me ask you this uh, real fast. So Colin won the PGA Championship last year um, with no fans. Yep. Is it going to be different today with 35,000 people cheering? 32,000 people that are being tracked 
by the way. Science experiment going on over there. That's not, I didn't make that up. Yeah, I'm shocked by that. Yeah, nobody's written a story, by the way. They're tracking the fans. They're part of a science experiment being conducted by the British government about the spread of the virus outdoors. That's why they let 32,000 people in. Stay calm. insurance this year. Stay calm and watch the Open. Martin Slumbers told us that. Not one story has been written about it. Uh, yes, the fans are definitely going to be a factor for Colin Morikawa. It's also his, that was his first start in the PGA Championship. This is his first start in the British Open. Would be the first player in history to win his first two starts in major championships. Yeah, yeah. So, should be fun. Sit back and relax. If you're on your way to church, it'll still be on when you get back. Come to Fairway Social after church. Mm-hmm. Lots of big screen TVs. I'm about to challenge Brian to a foosball game. Foosball. foosball. Are you a foosball guy? Yeah, it wasn't college. You know who's a foosball guy? That's uh... Adam Sandler. Abbe <laughs> Boucher. Uh, Paul Azinger. Who's your foosball guy? Plays underground foosball tournaments. Ted Scott, who used to caddy for Paul, he now caddies for Bubba Watson, is a former world foosball champion. Wow. Good to know if I ever find myself in the uh, player's room of the Ryder Cup. You still want to play me? Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) All right. We're going to get it going on the foosball table. We can see Royal St. George's in the background here at Fairway Social. You could, too. Just get up here. Derek, well done. Thank you so much. We're back at it again next week, probably right back here again. I'm going to the Country Club of Columbus in between to play the Southeastern Amateur. That ought to be a lot of fun. Go get him, BK. Thank you, Ollie. Great work. Have a great Sunday, everybody, on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Thepodcastpark.com is your home for the fans' entire stable of original podcasts. If you're a true Atlanta sports fan, you need to stay connected to shows like Welcome to Madlanta, featuring Atlanta's rich history of sports legends. College football fans will love the Chuck Oliver Show podcast. Two hours of college football talk every day, all year. And baseball fans get to dive into Domino's archive of baseball legends on hardball. Subscribe to all these great shows and so many more anywhere you get your podcasts or stream them free 24-7 at thepodcastpark.com. Presented by Associated Credit Union. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.